Be following Willie Moore and Moore. Awarded! Back in the NRL. There's Willie Mays. That's forgotten how big Willie actually is. Perhaps the presence of Willie and the Panthers looking at his imposing frame. I'm a 25-minute man. Wow. Oh, you got skills, son! Uppercut right hand by Big Willie. Too fancy for you! Welcome to episode number 26 of the Ooh. Take with Willie and Ian. Half a year, eh? 50, oh my God. 52 weeks in a year. I did really math in my head then. It is almost done. It's a very <sighs> exciting time of year, William. It's, uh, it's finals time. Mm. It's getting to the business end. Two more weeks, eh? That's it. Then there was four. This year's gone so quick, eh? It's Jeez, gone so I'm, quick. I'm just used to having like, you know, once your season finishes, you're still, you're still sort of indoctrinated into that rugby league sort of world. But once the season finishes, like your year finishes. Yeah. You know, so you're done in October. And that's just like pre-season. It's just off-season. Then you know it's off-season, I mean? yeah. But obviously this year with uh, with the World Cup, it's going to be extended. So we'll be doing more shows this year. It's not just going to end for us now and the next couple of weeks. Um, yeah, but it's... Um, some good games, man. Some good games coming up. I don't think the weekend was as high quality as the weekend before. No. I don't think so. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit later, but Canberra's a little bit out of their depth, I think. They didn't really come with a good game plan. They got absolutely smoked. So, um, yeah, I think the teams, they've been probably the most consistent all year, don't you think? Like the teams that are in the final four sort of figured itself out. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's fair. Like if you look at, I guess at the start of the year, and I had a shocker with some of my predictions, and and I wouldn't have had the Cowboys anywhere near that, but they yeah. deserve to be there. Everyone and had the Cowboys in their bottom four. Yeah, or wooden spoon. Yeah, it's, it's been a massive effort from from the North Queensland side. And I think, you know, if you look at if you look at the sides, I think what's kind of good is that there's there's some really different styles of football that yeah. are in this last four. I think mm. if you look at you know they reckon styles make fights in in terms of fights and. Oh, we mm. haven't. We, did we talk about the gallon thing? Was when was the fight? Was after that? Wasn't it after our thing last week? Yeah. Let's have a let's have a the, quick talk about that because you went up there. Because yeah. you went up there. It was it was harder than like he thought. I saw him at the airport the next day. He's like, "Fuck, they come. They they come ready." Like Ben Hannah, like he give him a fair like he's tough. Fair Ben, Hannah. ben Hannah's, yeah, he's just tough and he's fit. You know, Gal's Gal's fit. You know, but like. And then Hodjo come in there and he legit dropped Gal. Gal, I saw Gal at the, um, the airport and he goes, man, he goes, he legit got me. Yeah. He goes, and he's been in the ring with Mark Hunt. Yeah, yeah. The big big daddy, um, some real big hitters like Hopper. None of them dropped him. He's played over 300 games and Origins and everything. Never been dropped. And then Hodjo gets that uh, gets that, that hit on him. He just goes, he fucking rattled him a little bit, but he got the job done. It'd be interesting to see what up, um, a fresh gallon you know, because he had four two-minute rounds against Ben Hannah. It was just a fucking sh- proper street fight. Yeah. Um, How know. hard would it have been, though, for him? Like, and imagine the letdown when you come out and you think, like, you talk to yourself, oh, I can do this. It's, you know, it'll be, fo-. like, he probably thought he was going to stop Ben Hannah sooner. But then you come in and then you go, hang on, I've got to do this again now. Like, it was, it was a, people don't realise what I a massive the, effort the mag- it was. The massive, the, the high after a fight and then, like, all you want to do is just chill out, have a beer and just relax or just hydrate, whatever. Just celebrate that moment. Nope. No. By the time he would have cooled down, he's got to get back up again. So it's massive. I'm, only blokes like Gal could do that. He's just that mentally tough and he's that strong. So, you know, like uh, it, was, it was good. Good good, good for Hojo and, and good for Benny. So it wasn't a sideshow that everyone thought it was going to no, be. No, it wasn't. It was, just, it was yeah. quality. It was a quality night. No Limit put a good night on. So it was, um, that was good. How'd you go after? Good. I didn't have a beer. 
Didn't you? No. There you go. You surprised well. me, William. Well done. I told you. Now, the other thing I guess that we should talk about then, quickly about on that, is um, apparently Gallon's last fight, I, I feel like, I don't know, I guess he's got a contract, but Gallon looked, he's 41 years old. What he's done, he's phenomenal, but you yeah. can't keep putting your body through professional yeah. sport for that long. But he's obviously going to have one more fight because he can actually oblige. This whole Matt Lodge thing, Matt Lodge has said he'll do it for free and he'll put all his money, he wants a million bucks to charity and that sort of thing and everyone wants to see Matt Lodge get his head punched off. Yeah. I feel a little bit like... They're just using his name for some clout. Yeah, it's... I, I just can't see... Gal's 41, man. Like, and, I, and I spoke to Gal after and he goes, you know, Father Time's undefeated, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, sort of just catches up and just goes, boom, you're done. And I think he might have felt that in those two fights. I think... Mm. He'll um, I think he's got one more fight with no limit, um, and right off into the sunset. And that's Paul. it. You know what I mean? He yeah. doesn't have to fight Lodge. Yeah, you know, he doesn't fight for charity, Gal. Everyone knows what Gal does. He wants his paper. If it's a big enough bag, he'll take it. Oh, he won't get. He's, he'll you know get I mean? the money. He'll he told, get paid. He told, he openly said it last night. <laughs> they fucking fight for charity, pretty yeah. much. And you know, Lodge can give his money to charity, but yeah, like, but he's not you know, Gal puts that work in, and everyone's <laughs> using. They're trying to you know get some clout off Gal. Like Lodge wants to fight him. You know, that's up to Gal. Who's the bad guy in that fight? Who's the heel? Like they in? Oh, I don't know. I think they'll probably Gal probably, Gal will probably Gal be, will be like, the hero. Gal will be the hero because everyone's still filthy on Lodge of what happened a couple of years ago. So I would not want to fight Matt Lodge. Mm, he's I a big just, boy. Yeah, he's and, and if he puts some training in, crazy like, eyes. Yeah, and Gal don't have to prove himself, man. He's forty-one. Go fight Matt Lodge. Should fight, you know, um, Paolo, Junior Paul, Junior yeah. Paulo. Fight him. Same age, same size, same era. Like, that'll be a good test for him. Yeah. Why are you going to fight Gal for? You know, like, it's just because it's Paul Gallon. Everyone wants a payday. It's an easy target. Everyone wants a payday. And Gal knows that. And he's probably probably just off principle. Gal won't give it to him. I think Lodge is probably doing it for the right reasons. Gal's doing it. I mean, Lodge is. But Lodge could easily say, I'll fight, uh, like, Sonny Bill. Yeah. Paul, call Sonny Bill out. Well, I mean, he's never fought before, I think. Well, I know that. But Gal's fought. Gal's had 20 fights now. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what he wants to do. Like, I mean, if he wants to actually fight and raise money for charity, there's other people out there. Yeah. You know, like you can, Paulo and all these other, you know, Ben Hannett will probably fight you. Uh, <laughs> Hodjo will definitely fight you. You know what I mean? You, you could just piggyback off that. But it's just because it's Paul Gallon. I'm not sure, you know, unless, unless they're paying Gal a fair bit of money off this, he won't fight. There was a big controversy last week and it's gone into this week, William, and I think, Probably as a show, we need to address it. It's a it's a difficult conversation to have, but my shorts um, <laughs> on the couch. It's been it's been a difficult week for me with the amount of abuse I've copped about. <laughs> but I thought you only copped it off whip it. No, I copped it off. I, there was some significant, and then Henry thankfully put up a thing on Instagram with us talking about it, which brought up <laughs> you know some difficult moments for Just me. But fuel, fuel. I'd like there was one Blake supportive. Thanks to the one. Did bloke. you see Z? He? <laughs> he was supportive. I didn't realise. I mean, I was just until like I watched the. I was like, fuck. Was, <laughs> <laughs> Something gonna slip out here. I would and, like and, to, but the, the, just the, the laid backness. That's it was, what it was. Wasn't he sitting like this? It was a leg spread. Yeah, I, like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I watched the Queen's funeral because my wife decided that it was a good idea for me to watch a Queen's funeral after watching seven million games of rugby union and rugby league this year, and I thought yeah. I'll give you that. And uh, it was, I tell you what, there was no one sitting at the funeral the way we sit on this couch with him. It's all very no, knees no, together. No, no. So I might try and <laughs> just keep the knees together. He's got some pants on. Yeah, I never wear shorts. He had one last week. Um, 
one thing that we sh- that we should go into a little bit, and I think it's um you know we've we've been talking about it for a while now in terms of HIAs and things like that, but the the tragic story of Mario Fennick and the story that was done on him, um, which I think is great because it's raised awareness and. Mario Fennick would have to be one of the most liked and most respected yeah. men in the game. And, and and if this now leads to care for him and his family, I think it's nothing but a good thing. But, Will, if there was ever an opportunity for people to look at the dangers of this sport and how brutal it can be, then Mario Fennick's experience should really be starting to open a few eyes. Yeah, because Mario Fennick, you know, he's a, le- he's a legend of the game and played the game hard and tough. And to see him like this and to see him finally open, I think it's, you know, it's been a little bit hidden, like mainstream, but people in the, you know, in the know and in the NRL in and abouts knew that Mario was, has, has been suffering a fair bit from um, dementia, like on, like early, early onset, onset of, of, yeah. of dementia. Everyone was sort of, you know, wondering about that. And, um, you know, I think this will raise a lot of awareness uh, hopefully, like financially, the game gets behind him. Men League, RLPA, the NRL itself, you know, because I think he's found himself in a bit of a, a bit of a pickle financially. Yeah, with with a lot of the things that's going on with the the amount of bills and everything like that, and him not remembering and mm. all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of intricacies to go into that story, which is very. I mean, and that's a is, pretty common thing. Too. That's a pretty common yeah. thing, and you know, and his wife apparently has gone back into the workforce. Yeah, you know, like where. You know they should, they should be comfortable and, and living that life, and he's you know he's not far off a full time carer. So if the game is not looking after him, the, the game's done him wrong. I just think um, with with the HIAs, with everything so prevalent right now, and the game trying to you know look after the players, the game is probably the safest it's ever been at the moment. Mm. But it can still get better. It can still get better. We've got to take it out of the players' hands sometimes. You know when you see these, you know like guys that are stiff on the ground, you know what I mean? The next minute they're playing again the next week. Yeah. Like that's what we, we it needs to be a lot more strict. Um, the protocols need to be a lot, a lot more harsher. Like, I mean, I'm 42, Mars is 60. That's 18 years. I can't, I couldn't picture myself in that. And I mean, I know he played in a different year and he played the game a lot different than I did. Um, there was no protection for him. There was no protection. Days. It was just like, get up. It was like a badge of honor, all that kind of stuff. I, I sort of played to the back end of that sort of, that era. I mean, not the night, but you know, the badge of honor, get up. You know, they didn't really care yeah, about yeah, HIAs yeah. and you know, knockouts and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the game is, as I said, it's probably at its safest, but it can get better. Got to take it out of these players' hands, and you know, like I just look at other sports, UFC. If you get knocked out cold, like I've seen players get knocked out cold this year, like Victor Radley and, and Moses, and end up turning back up the next week, where it's a minimum six weeks. You know what I mean? Like NFL protocols. You know, there's, there's, you're in that protocol. It could be for a month, could be eight weeks, it could be a long time. But we just go, we can pass these little cognitive tests, and then bang, we're straight back out there the next week. Yeah, I just don't think that's right. I think the funny thing is, is well, like we, we spoke last week about, I guess, HIAs and and the way that the game, like if you took the heat out of the game, is the way that we put it with with just letting a bloke throw a punch, everyone swarms, no one gets hurt, and it just gets mm. the, the heat out of the game and. And that sort of stops the head slamming and the blokes bringing the frustration out. But then I had a bloke on on Instagram come at me saying, you know, we're supportive of of, of player welfare, but saying that 
a punch is a good thing. And I, like, and I'm, and then he basically went from that. And you never argue with idiots on the internet because they just drag you down to their level time. and beat you with experience. But he, um, he was basically calling me a one punch killer at the end of that. And he's missed the point. The point is, no yeah. one gets hurt with blokes throwing handbags. It just takes that out. In terms of the genuine issues with head knocks in the game, it's head on hip. It's it's head high tackles. It's blokes unprotected coming through and hitting a hard part of someone else's head or whatever. That's that's where the HIAs are coming from. They're not coming from like obscene violence. They're coming from tackles yeah. gone wrong and things like that. And that's where you need to protect the players because the players will keep playing. If they are given a choice, they will keep playing, whether it's at the game. You see blokes that have been knocked out cold arguing with trainers saying, I'm sweet, I want to go back on. You know, they will always, you say, Jeez, players play. They don't understand. Like, I mean, these players, all athletes of this collision sport come from a different cloth. Not your average sort of person, you know what I mean? Like modern day warriors, these guys are modern day gladiators out there. You know, there's a badge of honor. They don't want to let their team down. They don't want to let their fans down. They don't want to let themselves down. So, like, you know, they think a head knock is nothing. You know what I mean? Like when we we're playing, it's just like nothing cares. Just can shake it off and just keep going. Keep like going. you know, it's just. But that's times have changed. Times have changed, and the, you know, the fighting bit is like I never seen anyone like get completely KO'd. Do you know no. what I mean? Like, like with a fight, most of these fights last for five seconds, get everything out of the Mate, way. Paul Gallen's probably the best yeah. rugby league boxer. He mm. put one on Nate Miles' chin. He was standing there. Nate Miles yeah. stood there. You know, you know it's, like, like it's, it's just, not going to hurt. It barely, it barely happens, you know. So um, with with the fighting and stuff like that, I th they've, they, they've totally eradicated that. But then they brought the, this whole bitchiness and squaring up and all that kind of stuff into the game. Yeah. That's what they've done. Cheap shots. The cheap shots yeah. are done. And... and you know, the people running in third man and, you know, like these melees, you know what mm. I mean? They're causing a lot of melees at the moment where a simple fight, five, ten seconds, would um, we'll get rid of it. Yeah, get rid of it. So, I mean, like, I'm speaking from a different sort of um, different sort of era, you know, from the 2000s, but I ended up playing into the 2000s, in 2010s where the game changed, you know, changed about 2014 where you couldn't throw a punch. So everyone's sort of probably going to have to wait another five, ten years for all these older dudes to retire and this new generation come up who just don't ever want to fight. Yeah, they just want to play the game like it is in good spirits. You won't, you won't have real crazy firebrands like, you know, like like Victor Radleys and the Hargraves or cut from the, the same sort of cloth that we're cut from. You know what I mean? They saw us playing when we were playing. They want part of that because we looked at that era from the '90s and we wanted to be that. You're trying to replicate what you see. So if you're talking about a ten-year-old now watching the game, they're watching the game in the safest place. You know what I mean? Like they know that you can't fight. They know that you can let you let your team down. You get sent off for ten. There's repercussions to your actions. So you got to think ten years ahead. That ten year old kid who's watching the game right now, going, "All right, well, I can't do this. I can't do that. I've got to play the game fair. I've got to get my tackle tech up, up like prim and proper, like 100. percent I don't want to get knocked out. Let my team down. You know what I mean? Just because my tackle tech's off. So all these little kids will be thinking of all these all these little variables of the game. Mm. If they get coached well. They'll come through the system as, as as great athletes, good football players, all that kind of stuff. You know, so you got to think ten years ahead because you know Victor Bradley's going to be playing for another six, seven, eight, eight years. Hargrave's probably got a couple left in him. You you take you take you know like you know the Lodgers and all those. You know they're hitting thirty. Probably as I said, like maybe five five to eight years left in them. As I said, like then the games. There's not many other crazy motherfuckers out there playing that want fucking smoke all the time. There will you be know what I mean? in every team. Will there will be one? There's always kid, one. I'm just saying. One Reddit, of course, just coming out trying to crow up. But, 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 but it'll be just a little bit more 
tame. You know what I mean? I'm just saying because the rules only got changed six years ago, mm. can't expect everyone just to be towing the line because you had those blokes who were already playing first grade when they were when the rules got changed. Yeah. So they had to change their whole game up, and they've you know you still can't take that shit out of out, out of Hargraves. No. There's a square up, man. That's what happened last week with lot. I mean, with um, with Tom Burgess. Mm. You know what I mean? That's you know that you take Teddy out, I'll take you out. So that's how it is. That's that's why we play the game. That's why I said that's what that's why everyone can't play the game. You um, like you talk you talk about blokes looking up to other blokes, and you and you quite looked up to Gordon Tallis coming through. Yeah, you know, he I love was Gordon. one of your. He, I tell you what, if you look at. That Brisbane era, and they once—I mean, they had some football sides. That, great teams, but man. they are still so close. Like they will just all die on a hill for their mates in terms of like Kevin Walters. Mm. Anyone that comes out and, and bags Kevin Walters, he's got you know some of the greatest players in the game just jump straight in to support him. One thing that Gordon Taylor said this week was that the general manager role of like the manager of football or whatever it might be. It's a made-up role and, and, and they should be answering to the coach kind of thing. You've obviously, I guess Phil Gould is probably the most well-known of all of the general managers and he's done it at Penrith and now he's doing a terrific job at Canterbury. Just what explain what the general manager role actually is because I feel like there's this theory that, you know, some obviously think the coach should make every decision like what Gordon Tallis is saying. Other people look at what Phil Good did with Penrith over a period of time mm. and, and the re the rewards that are they're reaping there now. So what does a general manager of football do that the coach doesn't? Yeah, I just think it, it's hard with Gordy. I know what Gordy's coming from. He loves Kevy Walters. He loves the Broncos. And and I, I honestly think Kevy is not a bad coach. I don't think you have to be great at the X's and O's and all that kind of stuff, but you need... Technical stuff. You need to be able to get your team up for that 80 minutes, prepare them well, but have a team around the head coach. The head coach sees over everything. Soccer, NFL, they have it all perfect because they, the have, the, they have the manager. It's, that is not, it's not called mm. a coach. It's, it's a football manager. Mm. Your head coach, you, they may say head coach in NFL, assistant coordinator, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, linebackers coach, offensive line, DBs coach, wide receivers coach, everything specialty coaches like, positional coaches that's what you need mm. and i think the game is evolving into that there's no more just assistant coach and the other assistant coach then we all just you know there's three coaches no you get after the middles coach the edge coaches the centers uh the centers coaches edge like wingers backs back five do you know what i mean like all these specialty coaches then you're gonna have a head coach who oversees everything that's all kevy walters needs to do but he needs to surround himself and the club needs to surround him with good people and that's where the gm comes in yeah. He needs to select all these people around him. That's what the GMs do in the NFL. It's a very, very hard job. They they recruit, they select, they put the right team around the head the head coach. So it's that's what a GM does. That's what Gus does. Guys like Wayne Bennett, he pretty much is a GM and a coach. He's like your Bill Belichick. That's what Bill Belichick does for the New England Patriots. He does both. Wayne Bennett can do both. He's been around the game for 30 years, 30 or 40 years, does everything. Like Robin, Robinson, you know, like Bellamy, they're all their sort of GM. Sort of, but when you've got a guy like Kevin Walters, you got to understand, this is Kevin Walters' third year as, yeah, a, head, a, as a head coach. Yeah, he's a young, young coach. He's not young as in age-wise, but 
in years in the NRL. He's been the assistant coach. He's been in teams because he's Kevin Walters. He's a larrikin. He's a funny dude. He's, he's, he's just a good bloke. But you, he wasn't sitting there teaching you all the X's and O's and defensive drills and all this kind of stuff. Kevy was just Kevy all the time. He's been my been assistant coach when I was at Newcastle, assistant coach in the Australian teams and all that kind of stuff. We just love Kevy because Kevy's Kevy. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you know, but where other, other systems just say like with, you know, like Parramatta and the Bulldogs and all that kind of stuff and, and Des Hasler, how they operate, they'll have like a lot of people surrounding the head coach, you know, a lot of the, the analytics guy, you got the defensive coordinator, the offense and then like special, t- you know, like the, the middles and like the edges. As I said, like everything's broken up into little parts. So if you if you individually do your job, just say if the middles do their job, collect and then the edges do their job, the, the back five do their job, collectively you come in as a team and you play your best football. Middles just hang out with fucking middles. You don't care about what a winger's doing. You ever. Do you know what I mean? Like you don't. You got to have connection with your halfback, your nine. But you just you're always just hanging out with middles, and you got to play with them all the time. You got to go to end of the earth for them. You know what I mean? The centers do the same thing. Everyone hangs out in their own little sections. You know, like especially especially on the field. Yeah. Only on the field. So off the field, you can be best mates with the wingers and fullbacks. Who gives a shit? But on the field, you're in the middle. You got to own that middle. But the GM has a big important job because. Just say if the coach didn't answer to anyone, who the fuck holds the coach accountable? Yeah. The chairman? No, the chairman just runs the, the CEO. The CEO just does, does the, the business. Finance, the no. business of finance and, and, uh, and the marketing and all that. They do the business of the club. The GM controls how the, fo- how, how the football players are going, how the coaches are going. He holds everybody accountable. So if you have no GM, if you're having a struggling coach and he like, who, who's the answer to? Yeah. Especially if you're a young coach, you sort of want to. You want a GM sitting up the top, going, "No, you need to work on this, 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 and this. We need this person in. We need this person in. I'm going to bring you this guy in. Like, and you've got to work with him." Is Iken younger than Iken would be younger than Kev Walters, wouldn't he? Yeah, way younger. So than maybe Kevy. there's, maybe there's, maybe there's, of, you know, you maybe know. they just don't like each other. Who yeah. knows? You know, like Gordy's Gordy. You can say what he wants. He's highly respected, and some of his views in the last couple of weeks have been spot on. Yeah, I get it. Like, he's well, sticking up for Kevy. Kevy's one of his good mates, and I just can't. Blame Kevy for the co- for the Broncos' demise at the end of the year. No, I'm just like, not. dude, he got he's in fourth position with six rounds to go, and you fucking blew it. You don't. If I had told, if I had told you guys, like, if I had, if that was a bet on saying this is what's going to happen to the Broncos' the last four games, and this is what's going to happen to Canberra, you'd be like, no way, I'll give you a billion dollars, and it happened. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you'd never ever expect it. And Kevy, he would have been, he would have had all those players prepped. Prepped them all good, get them all up for that game, and they just didn't perform. Kevy can't get out there and fucking kick goals for you and kick and make tackles for you, make the right decisions for you. All they can do is prepare you for the game, and you've got to go out there and deliver. It's not like the NFL when you've got the coach in your ear and he's directing, he's calling plays, and if you don't do your job, everything stuffs up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like it's such a different job. So there's some more accountable accountability on players. But back to your question, GMs, you've got to have a GM. Yeah. You've got to have a GM. You know, like he needs to sit above everyone and make everybody accountable. Well, Frank Benisi does that job in Melbourne with, with Bellamy. And Bellamy's Bellamy's Bellamy. But it just but depends what just dyna- depends what dynamics you have within the club. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how old, how, how, what's what's credentials does this GM have or, mm. or operate, football operations, whatever they call it. Mm. You know what I mean? What credentials does, is he respected in the game? Mm. Frank Panisi is. Um, Phil Gould is. I'm not sure if Ben Eichen is. Yeah. So they might be looking at Ben Eichen and going, what the fuck do you know? Mm. You know what I mean? That's how like, especially these older players like Gordy and that, yeah. what do you know? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like that's 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 what happens when you get, your egos get in the way and all that kind of stuff. You might be making the wrong decisions. And then you've got to understand where coaches come from. Coaches want their own people there. You know what I mean? They want to pick their own circle where a GM can come and go, no, I'm going to put him in here. And then one of your mates is done. So like Ryan, uh, Terry Madison's there. Uh, Cartwright. Steve Walters. Steve Walters. I'm pretty sure he's going to try and change a few of those people. Yeah. You know, Steve Walters is Kevin Walters' brother. Terry Madison is, you know, they, they won premierships together. Um, you know, Cartwright, they've been mates forever. They've been on kangaroo tools together. So you've got to understand that bond. Yeah. It lasts forever because I understand that because I've, I've, I'm going to have bonds with these guys forever. Like these guys I went on kangaroo tools, played Origin with and won grand finals with, let alone my fucking brother. You want to sack my brother? Shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's the dynamics of that whole thing. And you don't think he's going to be, he's going to want to change something. And let's be honest, Will, if sides are losing, it's the coach that gets sacked, not the general manager. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, so there's a lot of pressure on head coaches. We've talked about it before. The amount of, of stress too much pressure on coaches. It's too much pressure. You get the ass halfway through the year. You got to pay too much pressure. Too you know, like I, I think it's unfair pressure, and it's all built up from the media. You know, like, I'm glad that Gordy's sticking up for for Kevy. I'll do the same if one of my mates was coaching. I'll be like, no, it's not his fault because as a player, you know, you take most of the accountability. You have to, but you don't really because they put it all on a coach. Or a couple of star players, you know, they're very careful and they hold the narrative and they control it. You know, where Gordy, he knows, so he knows it's not Kevy's fault. Mm. But they'll probably give him one more year if they don't make the eight next year. Then things heads will rattle. But I think they're going to try and change the assistant coaches, special coaches around that sort of place. So it'll be interesting to see because if you sack Steve Walters, his brother. Fuck's that going to do? Yeah, it's not going to be good. I think if Canterbury don't win a comp in the next three years, I can probably put a finger on the pathways, development coaches. Yeah, They're exactly. probably the ones that <laughs> they have. Why are these fucking <laughs> players coming up? Where's the last kid that was under 18 played first Jeez, grade? Sonny Bill. No. <laughs> um, so, William, you, despite being the worst pathways development officer of all time, <laughs> are probably, and I don't say this that lightly. Is job? I don't, know what you, I don't know what you do. I don't, mate, I don't know what you do. All I know is you go off, disappear in Canterbury kit, and then... <laughs> I, just and then get, I, I just asked Freddie Serraldo, the, the kit manager, just for a shitload of Bulldogs kit so I look like I'm part of the club. And then I see you on TV up in North Queensland <laughs> drinking seltzers. That's all I see you doing. That's um, what I do. So you have, you have got, and it pains me to say this, you have got one of the smartest rugby league brains going around. And anyone who listens to you for more than five minutes understands that your knowledge of the game is, is this is making me feel sick saying it, but um, you genuinely do you know a lot about the game. You're literally so sick, I've, so I've, maybe, I maybe sick. it's that. It's, <laughs> thinking about having to say this. Yeah. I'm always sick. There's something wrong with me. I think I'm dying. And then what I want you to do, Will, there's two more games, right? There's two more games, the two prelims. I want you to deep dive into those two games. I want you to tell me about how each team needs to play. I want you to compare the middles and the edges and mm. the halves and, and, and the back five and whatever of those sides. And then I want you to tell me who wins and why. So okay. let's start with the Cowboys and the Eels. The, the, the game's obviously up in North Queensland. Let's start with, as a player, does the week off help or hinder? I think at this moment it, it helps because it's it's a it's a... It's a bloody long season, you know what I mean? And you want that rest as much as you can get. A lot of those kids, six or six or seven, being involved in Origin this year. Yeah. Big campaign. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
I think the elements this week, it's going to be 30 degrees. Yeah. In Townsville. Humidity like 70%. Disgusting weather to play in. What are you, where, where's Parramatta been for the whole year? What's the weather been like down Mostly here? Mostly in Parramatta. Miserable. Raining. Dry. Wet. All that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's just been all over the shop all year. You go out there now this week, 30 degrees. 30 degrees at 9 o'clock this morning up there. Fucking 30 no. degrees. What's the highest? What, we're all out in the sun yesterday. It was 20 degrees. Yeah. It was fucking hot. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? You go up there, you hit that. Th- th- it's not, and it's not like a Norton. It ain't a Sydney 30. It's a 30 plus of humidity. 150 So, I look humidity. at the big boys, Junior Paulo, Campbell Gillard, Papali'i, you know what I mean? Sean Lane. They're big bodies, man. Yeah. They're all over 120 kilos. Big, big men. The elements might get them at the end. Yep. You know, Kafusi. Um, near Cora, Madison's pretty fit, you know what I mean? But the ball's going to be slippery. It's going to, because that humidity gets it up there and it ain't, and you know what I mean? It's not like your 25 beautiful sort of degree. It's, it's fucking hot. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think the elements might get them. And just the, the balance that North Queensland have at the moment with their nine, I think Robson's a top, top three, top five hooker in the world at the moment. Jordan McLean fit as hell. Ruben Cotter fit as hell, can ball play. Jordan McLean's developed a tip-on. Nanai on the right edge, he can he can take you on the outside, put you on the inside, offloads, great under the high ball, everything. Hiku, Tuolangi, and on the other side, I think, I mean Tuolangi, who's, who's, who's on the other side? The other winger? Felt's back. Felt's on the, yeah, so Felt and Val Holmes. You know what I mean? Like, it, it looks like a very, and, and Tom Gilbert. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Tal Malolo in the middle, mm. arguably the best forward in the world again. Well, let's go through. So let's start with the middles, Will. You've got you've got a, a Parramatta side that is littered in the middle with representative players. You've got Reid Marnie, who who I think has been excellent the last yeah. couple of weeks. He's been really good for Parra, which is good for Canterbury next year. But you've got, I guess, two of the premier props in the game. There's no question that, as you say, that Parramatta side are a lot bigger than the Cowboys side. Mm-hmm. At what point? Does that size differential, like, do you think with the way that the Cowboys play, that they're going to be able to control that middle and that Parra's not going to roll through them? Yes, 100%, because the guys that they have in their team are hitters. Ruben Cotter hits you around here. Kem Gillard's six foot six. Yeah. He's he's a target for bigger, for, for little guys. Like, look at look, look what uh, Leota and um, Kenny did doing yeah, a couple true. of weeks ago. Bang, they chopped him in half. You know what I mean? The gas is going to be taken out of them very early. Mm. Paulo, they're big boys, mate. And they're big. They're good on the front foot. You put them on the back foot like they did against Penrith and they're on the back foot that whole time, they were gassed by the end of that first half. Yeah. Gassed. And then they had nothing in the second half where Penrith ran straight through them. Mm. You know what I mean? So you think that can't, that North Queensland is not going to keep, keep the ball in place the whole time? Put some, like, I mean, they're not going to have Nathan Cleary kicking style to Wonga Blake. Yeah. But I don't think, I think Wonga Blake's going to get over that sort of stuff. And Opacek, I'm not sure if he's going to play, but he's, his hamstring looks a little bit buggered. Mm. He's got to go against Val Holmes, yeah. who is on fire. He's probably the best back in the whole game at the moment. So I just look at the evenness of the pack. Sean Lane, great game last week, week before. Didn't see him. Why is that? Dylan Brown. Dylan Brown moves good, mate, over 300 metres on the weekend. Outstanding game. Yeah. But, that, that, but that put Sean Lane into the game. You think they're not going to try and shut down Moses and shut down Dylan Brown? Mm. So then it shuts down Lane. You know what I mean? So their defense moves very, very quick. And they, they move like Penrith. They're fucking quick and they're mobile. They're no one missing. And they all play big minutes. Yeah. Do you know 
you know, what I, you know what I'm saying? Like Ruben Cotter moves around that ground. Jordan McLean moves around the ground. Robson moves around. Cotter moves around. Nanai, they're all interchangeable pieces as well. They can play back row. Luciana Leilua, this is most important. Leilua, Cohen Hess, the big um, New Zealander fella off the bench. Mm. You know what I mean? Around. And then you got uh, the, the hammer coming on if if something gets loose around the ruck and he mm. might be, he's the, he's the back. If someone gets injured or something like that, you got the quickest bike nearly in the comp. So I just think what they have up there, plus the elements, and if it's 50-50 ball or if it's 55 or 60% to North Queensland, they're going to run through them. Yeah. I swear to God, because you can take Papali'i out of the game in Sean Lane if 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 Campbell Gillard... If you control And him. if Campbell Gillard, because they're, they're very one-dimensional, Campbell Gillard's one-dimensional, you can get up, Line speed, bang, put numbers into him, slow the play the ball down. You know what I mean? Needs to develop a little bit of a tip on, but he hasn't developed that yet. So teams game plan for that. They know he doesn't pass, so they'll go boom. They'll hit him. Paulo, on the other hand, that laid offload. And he's got great, beautiful skill. I think he's one of the best big men in the game. Papali'i on that right edge, Sean Lane on the other edge, and then you've got um, Nia Cora, who's been starting at lock. They've, that's, they've, they've got a decent pack. Do you know what I mean? But like, they're fucking big, and they can gas out. You gotta understand, this is not at 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 um at Bank uh, Combank Stadium where it's just like all Parramatta's fans. It's all at all um, you know what I mean? Like the ground's perfect and everything like that. It's gonna be dewy and slippery, but hot as hell up there. These guys train; they live there. Yeah, you can't think that that's not gonna play a big part if you can get most of the ball, kick to corners, put that pressure on. You know, like I just think they're they're. As you said, styles make make fights, all that sort of stuff. And I just think North Queensland have that sort of... First of all, they're playing up there. It's going to be 30 degrees. Second of all, I just think they have the team to beat them. Like, Tal Malolo can get the ball three wide. And you can either pass it or you can just dig in here. Or you can just, like, you lose, uh, you know, use um, late footwork. Like, he'll get you catching, sitting back on your seat. Easy meters, you know what I mean? Like he just, he'll get him on the front foot. That Tom Gilbert, Luciana Leilua, Cohen has. You got vets on that bench. Mm. And you have a look at Penrith's bench. I mean, Parramatta's bench. Bryce Cartwright, he's been in, in and out of the team all year. You still got the. Um, Jacob Arthur still there. Jacob Arthur, who I just wouldn't put in that team, knowing, you know, I'll put him at 18th man. I'll put Nathan Brand on the bench. Um, Kafusi and probably Madison on the bench. Mm. I don't, Cohen has played Origin. Luciano Leilu can play second row um, and lock and probably he's a fringe, fringe he's played, red player. He's played front row. You know well, what I mean? Like he can play anywhere. Um, who's that other guy off the bench? Um, ha- the Hammer and Griffin uh, Neem. Griffin Neem. He's six foot five. Yeah. And he's big and he's not scared of anything. He'll play for New Zealand this year. You know, like, so I just think, I just think matches make fights. I love Reese Robson, man. Jordan McLean's been playing out of his skin. Tom Dearden. Chad Townsend, just that kicking game that they're going to have, it's going to be relentless. It's just, funny I just, too. I really feel, I, I mean, I think Parramatta, if they were playing down here, I think I'd back Parramatta. Yeah, look, it, it's. I reckon this is a much harder game to pick. The thing for me is that if you look at the halves, you've got Dylan Brown, who is one of the best running 5.8s. It's probably him and Munster are the two best running 5.8s in the comp. Mitchell Moses' kicking game, like... Moses rarely runs, and if he does, it's usually off the back of something else. You know, so you know that you've got a kicking seven and a running five eight. With the Cowboys, it's slightly different because Dearden does. He's turning more into a running five eight. He's 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 running well, but if you're defending against those two sets of halves, how are you 
making sure that A, Dylan Brown can't run or Tom Dearden can't run. And how are you going to stop that kicking game? Just say, if it's going to be from the inside pressure. It's going to be from the Reuben Cotters and the Robsons. The amount of pressure that they put on on Moses and just say if you're in the middle of the field, it might be first receiver, might be might be Dylan Brown. From Marker and A and B, there will be so much pressure on Brown coming at him and um, Nanai will just hold his edge. He'll be opposite Sean Lane and then they'll just come up and in. They've got a really good defensive system. But the inside pressure that they have, because they have that mobility – like Campbell Gillard and Paulo, they'll put in, they'll put inside pressure on, but they're not as quick and mobile as the Cotters and, and Jordan McLean's and even Tal Malolo and all all these guys and and Cohen Hess and that when they come off the bench, they're quick, they're movers, they're, mm. they're fit. You know what I mean? Like they look fit, they look strong, they're quick, they move side to side real good laterally. They don't move, they don't really miss much. You know, so you get you can get at Dylan Brown and you can get at Moses. You know, like in attack. I mean, Canberra played it wrong last week. Why wouldn't you just run all your traffic at Moses? Mm. They didn't do it at all. No, I didn't. They didn't do it. And he, you know, you don't think Tamalolo is going to be stepping off his right foot trying to get at him. And then you got like, you got like the Luciano Leilua or that Gilbert guy running outside in and making Moses put his head where he doesn't want to put, he his, head. Want to put his head. That's what you're going to have to do. Yeah. And Dylan Brown, like, you're just going to have to put inside prep. The kids, the kid will run. You know what I mean? But then you got to understand what Lane's doing. Like, if you got Opacek on that left edge, like, I'm not really worried about him in, in attack. Mm. You know, like, because he's, he, first of all, he's coming off a hamstring injury. You know what I mean? I'm not really worried if they go left. And then, you know, if, if it's Panasini or, you know, the other young kid, you got, you're going up against Val Holmes and Peter Hiku, great defensive players. Then the two wingers, great defensive players, Murray Tulangi, you know, and Kyle Felt. Well-balanced side, drink water out the back, does some outstanding things. I just think like, when the more I talk about North Queensland, the more I talk about Parramatta, the pressure's on Parramatta to get through this prelim because they haven't got through to a prelim since 2009. The pressure's on them. Yeah. And the pressure's on Moses because if he doesn't get through this time, the knives will come out massive and it'll be, they'll put it all on him. Because I was going to say who wins and why, but I think you've probably just answered yeah, that. I just You're think, I just think, heavy I think, on the Cowboys. I just think the Cowboys, the way that they play, how relentless they are, they're confident in their system – they're confident in their defensive system and their attack, and they can attack from anywhere. And they just score tries wherever they want, and they got strike, man. They're two wingers of freaky tries. I never thought anyone could score better tries and felt Murray Tulangi on the other side. Mm. You got Peter Hickus on the fire, and then left edge. You got Val Holmes, you did, and like Townsend just—he's like the puppet master. He just gets everyone going. Then you got like arguably the best forward of nearly in the history of the game. Tell Malolo, mm. playing outstanding, got a week off. Now they're all back and they'll just put all their cards into the middle and just go, let's go. I just think they have that team. I'm, not, I, I'm pretty sure they're not scared of anybody in Parramatta. No. All right, well, let's go. The second game is a very different game because yeah. you've, got, you've got Penrith who are... going to be raining as well on Friday. Yeah, Penrith Fucking are just yuck. hard to beat and if you look at let's look at the, so South's essentially South's will they've got the most dangerous left edge in the comp everyone knows that Penrith are going to be doing a heap of work on how to shut that down because look what they did last down, week fucking Tane Milne scores, scores two tries on the right yeah so let's look at the Penrith side the issue that we had at the start of the year was probably with South that is is probably that their middle just didn't look like it was going to be strong enough to win a comp they've mm. probably overperformed their middle. Yep. You've got, you know, the perfect example is when Cook and Murray weren't playing against the Roosters, Dumb. their middle was gone. 
And then as soon as those blokes were back, they looked like world beaters. So I think, you know, Tom Burgess is a loss, but they overcame that last week. And Harvilli, Cronulla man, week. those two, don't, under, don't underestimate what Harvilly does off the I bench. I think he's out. I know oh, he's, he's out. No, out. he's out. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. Like so, Tom Burgess, Harvey, they come big, big bodies. They they took care of like Tom Burgess wasn't that big a loss, but you, Tom Tom's been a, he's been dynamite off the bench. He's a big body. You need big bodies against against this Penrith team because they fucking hit hard yeah. and they pick you up and drive you back. You know they're great at that. Um, missing Harvey, he comes off the bench. He just he just he's one of those guys you get stopped if you run into him. Yep. He hits you like a fucking truck. In attack, he stands in tackles. He's got a late offload. But having those two players out, the amount of pressure on Totola and Nichols and Cam Murray is going to be exponential. Because Moses Leota, Fisher-Harris, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yo, Appy Corusau, Mitch Kenny, they fucking hit hard. They hit hard. So if you're not running flat out and they just need to cop their medicine early on, because have a look what they did to Parramatta. A couple of weeks ago. They monstered Campbell Gillard. They monstered Junior Paulo. Sean Lane couldn't even be found. Mm. Papali'i was like... they Papali'i and Kikau just cancelled each other out. Yeah. They just fucking just... Boom, brick yeah. wall, brick wall, brick wall. Um, so I just look at that team. I'm just like, wow. Penrith are going to be so hard to beat. I just... I can see South getting over the top of them only if their forward pack does. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but Totola, is he better than Fisher-Harris? Mark Nichols, is he better than um, Leota? You know, and then you have a look at the bench. Spencer Leanu, Scott Sorensen, Mitch Kenny. I'm not sure if they'll start Mitch Kenny in front of Coruscant. You know, Kiyoma, like Kaloa Matungi, Jai Arrow's been playing outstanding. Mark Nichols and Totola, they need to run. They, they've got to set the tone. Mm. They have to. Mark Nichols' leg speed isn't isn't that quick, but he gets he's, he's, coming, he's coming all right. Cam Murray, get that quick play of the ball. Damien Cook, get out. But brings Totola onto the ball and then they get their sets rolling. You don't think Penrith's just going to be going, fucking get numbers in on Cam Murray, get numbers in on Totola, squeeze the ruck up and just hit them as hard as you can. We want, dare you to go around us. Yeah. It's going to be slippery at ANZ. They play in between those lines mm. and they jam up and they'll hit you as hard as they can. They'll pick you up really fucking good and drag you back. That's what they'll be doing as if, as if, Cleary's not going to be putting those. This is what you want to do. Remember that. Remember last year where where Turbo got schooled by the storm. They kept kicking that kicking, way yeah. because he's a right arm carry and he couldn't come across the field palm. So you kick that way, right arm carry, left palm. Cleary will be putting him down there. So Latrell, it'll be just between it'll be just between Tane Mill and Latrell, but they'll want Latrell to run it back because it'll just be a game of chess. You know, you want Latrell to run it back so he fatigues like they did against like the yeah. Roosters did to him. Yeah. So Tane, so Tane Mean will be playing two, or if not, Latrell's going to be played two. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all that Tass or the mm. other side, you know, but they want Latrell coming out of the right corner because he's a left arm carry. So he's not going to palm across that. So it's an easy hit. You know what I mean? Mm. You get a legs tackle, you get two or three in, pick him up, drag him back. On that other side, he can run across the field with his left arm, his right hand, just palm the blokes off. You know, he's, a, he's he's one of those guys he can beat a couple of people, squeeze squeeze through. All he needs is a little gap, finds his front. They don't want him to find his front. They need to dominate Luttrell so they all the rest of them, because they all look at Luttrell like he's a god, he's a god, he's their saviour. They pick him up and demoralise him early. 
You know, like I, Alex yeah. Johnson doesn't really want play twos. Well, and Alex Johnson looks. Uh, that's he looks what I dodgy. Think. The yeah. week, the week off could if be Mansour. You what do you think? I bet, I bet, fucking. Um, I think they'll pick. Cleary's going. Please pick Mansour. They'll pick Kenner. He pretty. I'm just saying, he nearly ended his career two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Because of those bombs, when nearly yeah. what he did to Wonga Blake. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, man, he's got it. He's got something in his kit bag this week. But I, th- that's the only way they're going to try and stop Latrell coming out of yardage because he's their dude. He's their dude. They won't hit him high like they did like the other week. They won't. There won't be any high shots like the Roosters did. They'll, it'll be illegal and everything like that. And what they need to do, little things that Penrith do, when they get their back three. So when they when Toto and Dylan Edwards and and I think they'll miss um, May that that Charlie Staines comes in. You watch what they do when just say Dylan Edwards has got the ball and he runs that that um, just say Luai's side. When they got those numbers in trying to pick him up, watch what Luai and Dylan Edwards does it, and so does Cleary because they're the ones always there. They push people off the play. Yeah. So you know how kick out and that pick people up, they fucking ragdoll four or five yeah. meters back because it's great technique and they practice that all the time. Other teams aren't as good as that. So what you'll see Cleary and Luai and Dylan Edwards do, so when Toto and that's taken these um, play twos and that, they get behind them and they push push other, but they push. So what you can do, you can push your player, but you can't push other players off. Mm. So they fucking drag other people in. You watch, they will drag like um, the Kloa Matangi into the tackle. They'll push him off. They'll try and ruin their momentum up. So fucking, if I was captain of South, I'd be like, you can't put, you know, I'll I'll be chipping the, the ref. I'll be telling them right now, just go, watch what they do on their play twos. I don't want Cleary touching any of our players because that's illegal. So they'd be fucking straight onto that and just dobbing them in straight away because they do it so good yeah. and they, they will fuck your whole set of six up. Yeah. So you've got to play to the rules, right? I'll be I'll be doing that. If I, and if I was a ref, I mean, if I was a head coach, Dimitri, I'd be like, this is what they do on um, on these series. They're pushing our players out of the way instead of pushing their player. Yeah. So they push their player and then they somehow grab your grab hand your, yeah. to fuck the whole momentum up. That's the shit that I look at. I'm like, oh, you cheeky little fucks. I'm like, and they do that all the time. They do that all the time. And the next minute, Tyler finds his front. And next minute, all the third man is late getting back and then fucking someone's jamming in behind the ruck. That's how they get you. That's how they come out of yardage good. And they run hard. And they're very good at it. But little tricks of the trade that if you don't understand, if you don't, if you don't, you know, say ref, they're doing this, this and this. And the ref, ref, ref fucking mightn't even know about it. No one mightn't even know about it. it might be just fucking me. <laughs> you know what I mean but that's Your the shit that I see different. just like okay well that's how they're getting their momentum starters I'll be like hey watch what they do I don't want them touching our players they can touch, they can push Toto in but they can't touch our guys and bring them back into the ruck and all that sort of shit you watch it so if South Middle holds South can, Middle holds can that, they win yeah yes they can Lachlan Elias has been outstanding that right edge has been really good because Cam Murray comes back so yeah. you're coming across little dummy here Kalama Tungy getting into the game Elias out the back Bang, bang, bang. They can play numbers there. I'll be picking on Charlie Staines. He hasn't played first grade all year. Yeah. I'll be going down that edge. Where you been? You've been in reserve grade. It's another fucking level here. There's a prelim. Prelim. There's a prelim. You've been in reserve grade. There's a prelim. Playing against the big boys now, even though you have played first grade, but you, your speed might be up there. You might be thinking of smart because shit happens real slow in reserve grade. Bang, boom. You're on another level now. And they might try and get, you know, try and pull his pants down a little bit. You know, like he's, he's, he's raw. Like he hasn't played. He's played literally one or two. To, before Toto come back, maybe yeah. six so six games he played, and he played good. Yeah. It was between May and and Charlie Sands. They had to go one or the other. But if they if they can get that middle fixed and little couple little tip ons around the ruck, move Penrith's ruck. Stop running into the eye of the storm where they will fucking smash you. That's where they want you to go. Get a little bit wider, a little tip. 
Cam Murray, boom, little tip to um, Totola. Get it there four man. You know what I mean? Like, you know, try and get it there three man. If you're in the middle of the field, long pass to Cam Murray, bang, get, get it Cleary, get it Luai. Move them around, get the middles coming up, moving back, coming up, moving back, but not hitting. But you're moving around. Next minute you've done a fucking 600 meter sprint, you haven't fucking made a tackle. Serious, that's what you've got to do. You've got to move them around, move the team around, move the middles around. But they move good. Yeah. They move good and they're fit and they're relentless. Uh, South's willing to go that whole time with them. Kick, do the same thing as Penrith. Get up, boom, boom, boom. Get the ball back. Play percentages, kick, all that sort of stuff. Who's going to crack first? Who's going to crack first? And then when you get into the red zone, who can pull the trigger? Because, hey, Souths have been good at with Penrith this year. Yeah. They've matched them physically. They're not fucking worried. I don't think everyone else is worried. But I think Souths like to tell them, they go, fucking bring it on. I need this shit. And we want redemption for last year. So I'm going to go for fucking Souths. Willie's Big Boys. It's a good one this week, Will. I look at this and I yeah. think there's some new names on here. There are. I mean, it was hard because, like, I mean, the Talmalolos and the Fisher Harrises and all those blokes, they didn't play this week, you know? That's so right. um, it was outstanding. And I, and I have picked a couple of back rolls in there because their meters and everything were just outstanding. And, and they both play 80 minutes a game as well. So my first vote is to Sean Lane. Obviously, there was an APB out for him at first game. Um, <laughs> Against uh, Penrith, missing person. You know what I mean? Court. You know, like um, he he made he didn't make a hundred meters. He's been outstanding. I was pl- plugging this kid for to get on the Aussie Doing tour yeah, yeah, about yeah, three yeah. weeks ago, and then he fucking does that to me, to me, God. to you, just, just to me specifically, to me, Sean. Come on, man. Anyway, he comes back this week, and it was hard to split the games up, but because I think you know they had in they're in control the whole game. Parramatta weren't ever going to lose that game. Made over two hundred twenty meters coincides with our boy Dylan. Brown making 303 metres or something. Ridiculous. That is unbelievable. The kid can play. Oh, that was outstanding. Two points to Totola. He's been outstanding. I think he's been their best player all year. Or definitely their best forward. I think best he middle. made so 175, um, yeah, 175, 80 metres a game, uh, 55, 60 minutes. And my th- um, three points, Isaiah Papali'i. Just a beast. On that right edge, but the amount of meters. I want this is the sort of meterage these both edges players need to need to get. This is what North Queensland's goal will be: get you two boys under a hundred meters, and this is their goal. You want two hundred meters plus. Both these guys now two hundred meters. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So that's what gets them on the front foot because then it takes a little bit of pressure off Campbell Giller, a little bit of pressure off um, Big Paulo. You know what I mean? The bench doesn't have to do as much, but. They'll be asked to put maximum effort in. So three points go to um, Isaiah Papaliti. Well done, big man. Um, so the leaderboard is uh, coming third, Campbell Gillard on 13. And Campbell Gillard, it's hard to leave Campbell Gillard out, but I couldn't put them all in. Uh, 13 points. Second is uh, even on 16, James Fisher Harrison Jr. Paulo. And on 19, stands alone, the OG big boy is Jason Taumalolo. So, um, did you put not updated on there because it was before and you thought maybe one of those players had got a point, or is it just to confuse me? It says not updated. You're fucked. Hate you, Henry. (laughs) All right. (laughs) All right. Well, the producer, the producer won last week. He won, he won $276. Hey, that's, I mean, that's that's a win. It's a win. win. It, It is a win. Um, 
that's uh, that was he, he picked four winners. I think he picked the two Swans and something else. How do I go? What about the Swans last week? Oh, mate? how good was that game? Yeah, I saw Buddy Franklin about five weeks ago, maybe six. I was down at Fox Sports and I haven't seen him for a while. It was, just, it was good to see him. He just looked real humble and just you know. I think the last time I saw him was like 2008, so that was a different buddy, different and, a buddy different, and a different Willie. Um, <laughs> and it was in the birdcage in the Melbourne Cup. So we weren't um, normal. Uh, anyway, I saw him and I said, because I haven't been following the AFL this year. I haven't been really following it. I said, you guys chance? He goes, fucking man. He goes, bro, massive chance. I didn't know this one was going to get in the grand final. I said, you chance? He goes, yeah, big time. I, said, I should have put like, I don't know. 50 bucks on it or something. Like even from here. From yeah. here. We should have put all our winnings on it. Because no one even thought, like, I don't think that, that they, were, they were that good. But well done to the Swannies. It is a Geelong's sport. good, bud, aren't they? It's a low sport. I was watching a bit of it. I, I might like, be going down stop, this week. I might be going down. Weird, might. weird sport. I just want to check it out, the whole vibe down there. Have I you like been it. to a grand final? Not down there, no. It's quite the show. Well, that's the only yeah. place. It's quite the show. Oh, no, yes, yeah, sorry. It hey, is quite the show. I think I, um, I, I, Rugby League need to really take a leaf out of that book. Needs no, but the, the AFL, there's something wrong with people in Melbourne. And there's just yeah, but the we get the same. They we, have. Yeah, but we, we get that once or twice. We get that four times a year. Be three Penrith, three Penrith origins. Para. Three origins. And grand final. a grand final. That's the only time we go nuts. They go nuts every game. Penrith Para would be, you can imagine them out there. I think it's a win-win. Just say South or Penrith get in there. That's that's ridiculous. Good and, North, fan and just base. say North, North Qu- Queensland. Yeah, the, the yeah. North Queensland. Who cares? Like yeah. they're going to they're going to travel probably with ten thousand down here. But like South supporters will be there Everyone. in droves. And Penrith, like fuck, it's a win win now. At least I'm I'm happy a North a Queensland team can get in, or it could be a double Sydney game. I don't really care. All the all the neutrals will be going for North Queensland if they make it. So oh, my bet time. this week is after listening to you talk about. The Cowboys, I've, I've just, I hate this bet now with the way you've talked about hey, it. But anyway, I've been Eels, wrong plenty of times. <laughs> yeah, but you sound, <laughs> yeah, the, the I've important put thing is to sound. Yes. Forceful. I know what I'm fucking talking about. Trust See, me. say it like that and then I just believe you. So one to 12, it's probably the <laughs> thousand dollars on it. <laughs> with, with our whole friendship, I've just, you talk like that. And I'm like, yeah, I should go out for fourth days. It's unreal, <laughs> idea. One to 12, Eels, Penrith 13 plus, and the Wallabies, I think this is a gimme. They've only just got beaten and they should have won that game that referee how the hell did they lose that game oh anyway oh yes Frenchy Henry look at him laughing I hate Henry anyway Uh, the Wallabies with 15 and a half start who are they they playing they're playing the All Bucks it is at Eden Park but that's $15 that's money in the bank right I listened to this for a bit I was just making this up today so South I've got 1 to 12 James Fisher Harris anytime try score cause I just think they are susceptible in the middle um Close to the line. And Apicorosau is tricky as hell. But I just think, like, with Cook there, he's not a big body. You know what I mean? Like, I think they can might they might be able to spot a, spot a Cook up. So I'm just, you know, that's just um, me being having wishful thinking. Uh, Keon Kalomitangi, I think that right edge has been hitting some good holes lately. And he's he can he can score wherever he, whenever he wants. Uh, Cowboys 13 plus. Jeremiah Nanai, anytime try scorer. And Clint Gutherson, anytime try scorer. Do you want that to say is, what that's paying, Will? That is paying... $3,381. And if I win, it's $169,050. So that is going straight into my bank. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, some lucky club will get $1,000 out yeah, of that. Yeah, you'll get a pair of shoes. Uh, and the producer has gone... Can you, like, can you imagine if that comes off? That is not that far, you know what I mean? I really can't see a betting company putting that on for us, but I'll try. 
the producer has gone Geelong. Mark Blickhaves. Blickhaves. 20 or more disposals. I don't know what that means. Jeremy Cameron. Uh, passes. Like three or... Oh, right. <laughs> passes. <laughs> Uh, Geelong, those passes. <laughs> Geelong, less 11 and a half. I should have worn the shorts this week. Total games points over 164 and a half. So Jeremy Cameron, three or more goals. Yeah. So three plus. Didn't he used to be the Prime Minister of England? Yeah. That he retired. So anyway, that's what's that paying. That's paying James, $10. James Cameron's brother. He used to be a producer. <laughs> Avatar. He's, and the other one is that Avatar will have th- yeah. over a billion dollars at the box office. All right. Um, so anyway, none of us will probably win because they're awful. My tips: Cowboys and Souths. And Easy. I have gone the Eels and the Panthers. Right. Well, so we'll both be happy, I reckon. I reckon this week, actually, I reckon that it would be good for. I think what you just hit the nail on the head. It really doesn't matter who wins out of either of these games. It's going to be any combination. It'll be a really good grand final. Think, so, think about, but people think about the elements. It's going to be raining on Friday. It's going to make an awful game. As hot as hell up in Queensland. So I mean, like preliminary football Friday night. I mean, on the Saturday night, which is the South game, like that's going to be messy. Yeah. It's not going to be the, f- the free-flowing game that everyone wants to see. That suits Penrith. You know what I mean? It suits Penrith down to a T, but it might suit, might suit South as well because, you know, they've got a pretty tough team as well. You know, like it just takes that skill set from the, the backs. You know, you're not going to see that real flashy shit. You're just going to be seeing some fucking hard hits, man. Feeling sorry for you, boys. Good luck. Make sure. I will be tweeting all week. Yeah, uh, we'll be tweeting. Review. Masonsake.com.au. Do the rate and review. Yeah, rate and review. We got yeah. t- have we got any questions? Uh, I may have forgotten to put it up. Hang on. Yeah, fuck. Uh, did I forget to put it up? I did. Oh, well. I did. There, Get us next week. Here's, here's a question for you, Will, from um, Daryl Strawberry. He'd like to know... Daryl Strawberry. ...why uh, I'm so much better at the podcast than you <laughs> That's are. a fucking so, lie. No, it says it there. It's just on the tweet um, page. What, who we got from someone? Uh, thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Keep up the great work on your show. Oh, you, that's Luke. You and Mace 20, I definitely have the best NRL podcast out there. That's Luke. He wrote an article. Great article on Michael Cheekham. I should have said that, Luke. Well done, mate. Uh, thanks for your support. You've been supporting us for years. Keep up the writing because you're good at it. And that's all. All right. We'll see you next week. See you guys. You've been listening to The Take with Willie Mason and co-host Ian Byrne. Produced by Craig Trewick, recorded and engineered by Zig Parker of Green Room Sydney, and presented by the Handshake Media Network. 